Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Greetings and salutations. It is I, KT Petrick, today, joined as I always am by Mr. David Fiorazzo. And you know what? We want to hear from you. So please do hit us up on the line, stateducated.org. And give us, please, story, segment ideas, any ideas you really have. You know, should we have a watermelon eating contest, as I've argued on this show? Yes, I do believe so, but we want to know your thoughts. Should David give us a solo on drums? Maybe. The world is really your oyster, so please, <laughs> please hit us up on stateducated.org, and I will eat all the watermelon. All right, friends. Do you know what time it is, that special time of week when we all get on the carpet for story time with the Newman Report? So without further ado, here's Mr. Alex Newman. Go. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Uh, so uh, another crazy story for the Newman Report. Uh, we've got a teacher in San Diego, California, who has uh, very kindly defined the word fascism and fascist for uh, his students as Republicans and Christian and white and heterosexual. Uh, so if you are white, Christian, Republican, heterosexual, uh, you are a fascist. At least that's what uh, impressionable little children in San Diego are being taught by their English teacher. Uh, pretty incredible, folks. Um, this story was first reported by the uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, they got testimony from a student. Obviously, the student has to remain unnamed because uh, you know how these uh, fascist teachers are if they... Uh, don't like what you say, they might give you a bad grade or worse, uh, retaliate against you. So the, the poor uh, student here has to remain anonymous, but uh, he did take pictures of this atrocity. You can see right here, uh, as it's currently constituted, the Republican Party is a fascist organization that no longer can be categorized as a conventional Democratic Party. Uh, so there you go. Um, half of American voters are fascists, uh, maybe more than half of American voters. Um, pretty amazing. Uh, who, who knew that we were all fascists? And it's uh, pretty ironic because uh, these people are really the essence of fascism. Uh, there was another picture that uh, the student took with the uh, fascist, the word fascist defined there as uh, authoritarian. You've got Trump supporter, you've got heterosexual, you've got white, you've got Christian, uh, people who don't want open borders. Uh, yep, so those are all uh, horrible, terrible, evil fascists. Um, Amazing, folks. Uh, according to this uh, student, uh, the, the uh, teacher actually went on to uh, insult white and Christian people. This is a direct quote from the student, automatically putting un them under that they're automatically fascist. Uh, so the, this teacher said uh, examples of fascist parties would be the National Socialist Party, the, Na the Nazi Party of Adolf Hitler, and the Republican Party, um, which is pretty ironic. Actually, if you, if you look at the ideology that animates the Democrat Party, uh, basically the government needs to work with big business to silence your speech, if we don't like it, if we call it misinformation. Um, th this is really like the very essence of fascism. Uh, and yet here they are calling uh, Republicans fascist. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, and so also this, uh, this student, he said that this uh, took place in a class on how to write an argumentative essay. This was an English class. And uh, somehow the, the teacher thought it'd be appropriate to teach these children 
instead of how to write an argumentative essay, that uh, Trump, Republicans, whites, and Christians were fascists. Uh, he also said, uh, this completely caught me off guard. This is an English class. This isn't a political class or anything. I signed up for the class to learn how to write papers and stuff. I didn't sign up for the class for a teacher to be trying to shove his ideology down my throat. Now, uh, I, I remember this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I never went to uh, school in America until college, but this was the norm when I was in college. Uh, I had a business writing teacher come in and a professor say, uh, hey, guys, I'm a Marxist. Like, OK, what in the world does that have to do with English writing? And why would a totalitarian freak end up uh, teaching a business writing class? You don't even believe in business. right? You believe all businesses should be collectively owned. But this is the norm now, folks. Um, and. You know, fascism and communism are very close cousins. And so uh, I think we need to emphasize here that what is going on in this classroom is the same thing that has happened in so many totalitarian societies before the killing starts, right? You have the totalitarians dividing people up into different categories, the good categories and the bad categories, and then uh, whipping up hate, whipping up uh, this frenzy uh, of violence uh, against the targeted class. So in Nazi Germany, Adolf Hitler, of course, uh, you know, whipped up hatred against uh, various different categories of people uh, and then turned mainstream society loose on those people. Uh, in communist China, same type of thing. They, uh, Chairman Mao and his goons uh, divided society up into the red classes and the black classes. Uh, and this is what tyrants do, right? As Jesus put it, uh, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, in, in one of the Gospels, he says, uh, we'll be laid waste, we'll be brought to desolation. Uh, so that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to divide Americans by political party, by class, by race, by uh, heterosexual or homosexual, uh, just any division that they can think of to uh, have Americans turn on each other. But uh, really, folks, uh, I can't emphasize strongly enough that the people promoting this are the fascists. They are the communists. Uh, they want you to think that fascism is the opposite of communism. On a sensible political spectrum, you'd have no government on the far right. You'd have total government on the far left. And that means you'd have fascism and communism, which both believe in total government, essentially, right next to each other on the far left. But, uh, folks, this is now happening all over the country. It is the norm in public schools. Our children are being poisoned by this. And uh, if we don't get a hold of it, if we don't stop it, America will not survive. And I'm convinced one more generation of this, it's all over. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Well, friends, they're at it again. Democrats calling evil good and those who are ignorant of God's word are falling for it. What do I mean? Vice President Kamala Harris received a lot of applause when she was speaking last week at the National Baptist Convention in Houston, Texas. Now, it was a confusing speech if you pay attention to her worldview, her actions, and the administration policies. She denounced pro-life, quote, extremists working to outlaw abortion. Now, I have no idea what a divisive, secular, progressive politician 
who openly opposes the biblical worldview is doing speaking at a Christian convention, but Harris told the crowd that for her and Joe Biden, quote, faith guides our work every day. Hmm, faith in what exactly? I'm David Fiorazzo and this is Christ and Culture. So friends, don't fall for it. Kamala Harris supports more extreme unbiblical policies than any other VP in American history, and that's saying something. Now, sure, she uses Christian lingo, telling the audience, for example, to fight for light over darkness, even though she's the one promoting what the Bible considers deeds of darkness. Now, in simply reading some of her words from the speech, Many of us would agree. You'd read the text on certain things she said and said, oh yeah, amen. But understand, she has proven herself to be hostile toward the Bible-believing Christian and the worldview, and yet she's been trying to portray her and Biden's views on socialism, transgenderism, abortion as Christian views by telling people that, hey, she went to church as a child. Well, so? The media, though, is doing the same thing. People sure must be confused. A host on the failing network, MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, said this last Friday. As a Southern Baptist, wow. I grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion, never once, never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. So according to theologians in the godless media and in the totalitarian Biden administration, if you and I were to quote scriptures that support human life in mother's wombs, we are perverting the gospel? Hmm. They likely don't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ even is. Now Jesus said, if we love him, we will keep the commandments. One of those commandments is not to murder. That's right. We are here to value every life because the Bible says every human life is made in God's image. Also, Jesus himself is the word who, made, who became flesh. I'm talking about the word of God, Genesis to Revelation. The New Testament affirms the Old Testament. And the Bible is one cohesive story of redemption by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. While it is true that Christ fulfilled the law, he said he did not come to abolish it. The New Testament is clear that believers should obey God's moral law. God spoke through Jeremiah the prophet saying this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah 1.5 And in Psalm 139 verse 13, the Bible says he formed us in our mother's wombs. Not only that, God knows the number of our days before we are even born. Psalm 139 verse 16. Here's another thing. Joe and Kamala, the Bible calls child sacrifice an abomination. Wow, what's that? Leviticus 18.21 says, You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, nor shall you profane the name of, the, of your God. I am the Lord. Okay, so who's this Molech or Moloch? 
He was a pagan deity, an idol, who was worshipped in sexual rituals as well as by passing children through the fire. These idols of Moloch were giant metal statues of a man with a bull's head. Some of these had holes in the abdomen, and a fire was lit around it or in it, uh, in the statue, and infants were placed in the statue's arms or in the hole, in the stomach. Now, when parents sacrificed their firstborn, which that's what they believed, a Molech would ensure financial prosperity for them, for the family, and for future children. I know, how twisted, right? It's evil. The Bible calls it an abomination. What's the difference between a preborn baby and a firstborn baby? Location, just a few inches. One's inside the birth canal, the other one's outside the womb or the birth canal. Now, other people have said about Kamala Harris' comments, they've refuted the lie that she is peddling to biblically illiterate people, apparently, saying things like, Kamala says, one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held religious beliefs to defend abortion. Former NFL coach Tony Dungy, in fact, reminded people of God's commandment not to murder and said to respect life. He also added this, when he, God, says thou shalt not kill, is that a suggestion that we should follow if we feel like it, but disregard if we don't like the suggestion? I also agree with Tony Dungy when he said he had a problem with Harris's comments being made in a church environment. One fan of Dungy said, leave your religion out of my government. But it was Kamala Harris, a government official, who brought up the immorality of abortion as part of her fake religion. As for her boss, Joe Biden, he supports abortion medication, even sent through the mail, right? Take a pill, abort your baby. This is called finding new ways to do evil. They also support the removal of all abortion restrictions in all states, as well as they support taxpayer funding the murder of the preborn, which goes against even a majority of American citizens don't agree with Biden and, and Harris according to the polls. Now, I've warned about Kamala Harris before. She's been redefining radical just as leftist progressives and social justice apostates have redefined truth and gender, and the list could go on. Watch out for the deceivers and test the spirits to see if they are in Christ or if they are anti-Christ or anti-Christian. The Bible also instructs true born-again Christians to not believe every spirit and 1 John chapter 4, verse 5 warns about the spirit of error and false teachers, saying this, They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. In other words, don't you listen to them. And by all means, don't fall for the lies, propaganda, and deception. Marxists, humanists, media sycophants, and leftist politicians are the ones who are the threat to the health and soul of America. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code 
educated. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, educated. Support this show and a great American company. All right, let's take a little time to find out what's trending left. We start on the campus of Tennessee Tech, where the university is facing a major PR storm after video has surfaced of a drag show for all ages that was hosted on campus by two student groups. Watch and tell me how children's programming has gone from Mr. Rogers to whatever this is. So what makes this specific video so disturbing is you can see a man wearing a monk's robe. And there you see he's taking off that monk's robe and then, oh, we have to reveal the black lace dress. And now you see that he is happily, enthusiastically accepting cash tips, money from children in the audience. Look how proud he is. Can we just acknowledge that he's taking cash money tips from children? I have a tip for him. Get away from children. Now, speaking of craving attention, a school librarian who goes by Sylvie in the library says being visibly queer by wearing bright and bold glasses, rainbow hair, and colorful clothing is a form of resistance. She says this while promoting a sexually graphic book called Flamer, which is about a gay teenager. The book has recently been found in school libraries across the country, but this librarian gives new meaning to the phrase loud and proud. I love a bold eye and I love bold hair and I love bold glasses and I love just living loud and proud and out and like to me this is this is my art this is like my queer art that I just exist colorfully every day and um, I love a bold eye but here's one place you should not wear a bold eye you should not wear a bold eye when you're going to hear Mike Curato give a talk about this book, because um, if you do, then there's a strong chance that you might cry and have like a Tammy Faye Baker moment. Did she just invoke Tammy Faye Baker? You know, if she really wanted to, she should contact Skittles and then she could taste all the flavors of the rainbow. But we're going to stay on the crazy train and discuss a second grade teacher who recently posted a video coaching other educators on how to secretly get kids to talk about pronouns in class without school administrators shh, ever knowing. Seriously, parents, these modern day teachers are straight up admitting they shh, secretly push their agenda on your kids. Man, there were so many teachers in that guy's comment section that said that their district won't allow them to ask students for their pronouns. So, here's a little workaround. This is an icebreaker I called Call Me, because I'm bad at naming things, that I used with my second graders this year. So we sat in our community circle and went around the circle and introduced ourselves. And our introductions sounded like this. My name is Miss Parker, and when you talk about me, you can call me she. They went around, they did the same thing, they were very giggly, um, but afterwards we talked about why that's important. Now, all of my kids go by pronouns that match the gender they were assigned at birth, but one of my little boys has long hair and we talked about how it gets really frustrating when people call him she because they see him from behind and think he's a girl. One of my little girls said that she had shaved her head one year for life and people kept calling her he and it made her really sad. So we kind of framed it in that way. You might not know who someone is or what they want to be called by just looking at them. All right. This is an instance of too bad, so sad, because me, when I was a young girl, I also had short hair. I called it a mushroom cut. And yes, sometimes people said I was a boy. Did I get all hot and bothered about it? No. Did I change my pronouns? No. Just stop it. 
but we're going to get out of the classroom and head home where things should be much safer for children. I say should. Well, it doesn't seem to be the case with this next mother who claims she knew her little boy was transgender since he was 18 months old because he liked playing dress up and wearing makeup like his older sister. 18 months old. So she was uh, designated, assigned, observed male at birth. And until about 18 months, didn't really, you know, know too much, just kind of was raising two kids, working full time, not really paying attention to what was going on. And at around 18 months, started she started showing signs of like really being interested in things that her sister had and had in her closet and wanting to play dress up and wanting to put on lip gloss. And when she would see fingernails, she would want her fingernails painted too. And, you know, we just, we thought it was cute. No issue. We had no issue with, you know, her wanting to do those kinds of things. Um, and then around the age of two, things started to progress at a quicker pace. And so each time that we would go to pick her up from preschool, she was fully outfitted in dresses and jewelry. And so I will say I was super stoked that we had such a wonderful childcare center that she was in because she was allowed to, you know, experiment with her gender and play dress up and do those kinds of things and have access to them. Oh no, my daughter is about 18 months and oh no, she has an older brother and oh my gosh, she has been wanting to watch trucks on the TV, like when he watches trucks, oh my gosh. And she goes to a childcare center and there are all boys there, oh no, it's happening. Finally, let's wrap things up with the strangest video of the day, which is a feat unto itself. Here's a drag queen storyteller that will literally haunt your child's nightmares and quite possibly yours as well. I present Professor Lionel Longlegs. My name is Professor Lionel Longlegs. My pronouns are they, fair, fairs, it, 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 and they, them is just fine. So if you wanted to refer to me, you would say Faye is a drag storyteller. It loves to read, and some of their favorite books are Where the Wild Things Are, and From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea. And I have been reading with Drag Storyteller, with Drag Story Hour, for a year and a half. And my drag character is a drag thing that can be anything in the world. Today I'm space, a lot of times I'm a notebook or a car, all sorts of wonderful things. I know where I've seen her before, or him or it. Have you ever seen the movie Little Monsters and Howie Mandel is playing the monster and Fred Savage is a little kid? Look up Little Monsters. I found, I found the little monster. Well, thankfully, that's going to wrap up this segment. More craziness next time. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, friends, before we let you go, David and I have some special, very special, embarrassing secrets to share today. And so today, my fun fact is how I was obsessed, obsessed with The Temptations, the Motown band of The Temptations, all through junior high. I've got sunshine. Yes, that's... On a cloudy day. Not the same. But anyway, <laughs> I even did 
you know how you used to read books and have to do book reports? I did an entire report on them, and I even learned the dance to My Girl so that I could end my book report (laughs) the way they end the song. Well, uh, I'm not gonna sing, but right. I guess you'd say. I love it. That's anyway. I love it. That's cool. It's very cool. See, we learn about each other, and we don't know what these fun facts are before we tell you. But my fun fact of the day is my wife Rosanna and I met in Southern California when she came to sing at my church, Calvary Ooh. Chapel in Santa Monica, California. We had our first date within a week, and we were engaged. 13 days after our first date. But there's more. There's more. We were married within two months of meeting each other. And uh, now, I'm going to be serious here. I would not recommend that, <laughs> the crash course, because you know, you're just getting to know each other. You get married, you move in, and you're like, wah! But it was, it was, uh, it was meant to be. We're out, we almost made it 22 years. And uh, so, yeah, that was per- that's the fast track. She's put up with you for that long. Yes, she has. God bless her. This is true. Well, uh, that's kind of fun. Did you guys dance to My Girl? Because that would have been perfect. Uh, Probably at a reception. Oh, My father and I actually danced to My Girl for the father-daughter dance. Do you have any video of that? No. Oh. I fail you. I have photos. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this week on Educated How. How did we do? Give us a grade. We'd like to know. Please, please let us know how we're doing at stayeducated.org. Drop us a line because we do read everyone's message that does come through. So say hey. How's it going? Well, for Katie and myself, thanks for watching. And until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.